As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to your next favorite movie podcast. As you probably are not aware yet, but we'll just let you know anyway. Josh is not in for this episode, so Chad and I are taking over again. (laughs) So joining us today, we're very lucky to have Lori Cunningham, or as she's sometimes known as L.A. Cunningham. Hey, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? <laughs> Sorry, I just like... <laughs> no worries. Um, thanks for having me. My name is Lori. I am in Canada, near the mountains. Um, I'm a writer. I actually used to watch a ton of movies, but then I had kids and now I got less time. So, But when I'm in the newborn phase with the second one, so you got the late night, like, hey, especially right now, I'm like, let's watch a whole bunch of horror movies and stuff. And hopefully I'm not <laughs> traumatizing the little baby brain and stuff, so... Yeah, and but I'm a, but, yeah, but in general, I'm a writer, and uh, right now I work for a comic book company, and so I do have a lot of, I guess, my experience used to be more with like kind of the MCU and stuff like that, but now I'm kind of getting more into like the the print copies and the indie world and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I am in my whole pop culture journey, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> or yeah. indie culture. I don't know. I guess pop and indie don't quite go together, but. <laughs> Yeah, so it um, works for me. I think it can go together too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, you mentioned that you're a writer, uh, but you're also an editor in chief for uh, right. pu- uh, a publisher called ASAP Imagination. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to being a writer, and then what also kind of led you to securing this editor in chief position, where you're sort of overseeing? <laughs> sure. That's a lot. It sounds like a lot the, right there. Of this yeah. publisher. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of work, especially now that I got two kids. But yeah, so basically, I started writing. Not, I'm not one of those people who've been wanted to do this all my life or anything. Like when I grew up, I was kind of more into the wanted to be a cartoonist and stuff, and then ended up in a very like academic accounting kind of uh-huh. route and business world and stuff. So, but then I kind of managed to escape that and started doing some writing. I went on basically. I went over to Ghana. I was doing some again business, more accounting kind of stuff, and I had a travel blog kind of just to connect with people back home, like nothing huge or anything that people are like, Oh, you're a good writer. Maybe you should do that. And then my partner kind of encouraged me to do some creative writing classes. And then one of my classes was essentially one of the assignments was to join Twitter and (laughs) basically start an author platform, which I was super resistant towards just because Oh, social media <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. i really didn't know much about it but i was such a late adopter on facebook and then i was just like oh god i have to do another one but it ended up i meeting ended up meeting so many awesome people and once you're in a writing community you kind of have to and you say you're a writer you actually turns out you actually have to write and <laughs> to have some kind of credibility so i started kind of dabbling in novels and ended up in more short stories and actually started out more dark fantasy, which I guess is kind of where I'm now, but then kind of switched more into horror. And then, like I said, I just met some great people and I met basically my best friend who owns ASAP Imagination. And when I met him, he was big into comics, but hadn't started his company yet. And we just became fast friends. We had similar interests and we were looking, trying to do a project together. 
And after I had my daughter, I was kind of my first year and trying to write and it wasn't really working. And he's like, well, how about we do that project together? It's like, you're overwhelmed and postpartum depression. Like, let's let's do a big Uh project. And I'm just like, yeah, then you're crazy. But it turns out I am too. So we ended up (laughs) doing an anthology and just prose and stuff. But it was in the comic book universe. And he uh, released issue one of another book called Messiah which is the flagship issue with his buddy Kyle Wright. And so that was the first comic and they're in the same universe. So they're like loosely connected and stuff. Cause it basically all centers around this like event, which is this catastrophic paranormal thing in London, England. And, and from there, basically I started one of my stories in there. He was kind of like, Hey, this could like be a comic book character. And I had like no, com- writing comic books wasn't on my radar even a little bit like I was just supporting a friend but then he's very very convincing and hard to say no to and like he just speaks very passionately about things so I gave it a shot and he was kind of coaching me I was getting all kinds of comic homework and stuff and like oh you have to read this and you have to read this and watch this series (laughs) and watch this silly I'm like oh I'm really busy tonight I gotta watch Constantine (laughs) like so busy (laughs) and then um yeah, and from there I was just, but I I had just been fully sucked in, and I was working on projects, and whenever I had time, because I wasn't, I was basically just momming full time, and then he's kind of like, hey, do you want to, you're doing all the all the work of an editor in chief, anyways, so you don't do you want to do you want the title? Wow. So um, and again, I was kind of like, no, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but again, I I was like, I I love the company and love them to pieces and stuff, so I was like, oh, I will do everything I can <laughs> as I have time, crazy. and so yeah, and I'm in, and so I. I my first comic book Sister Grim debuted I guess July I think it was I already can't remember now end of July maybe and then I just had one come out a couple days a second one come out a couple days ago which actually was we turned our the anthology we originally wrote together together was we turned it into comics just so because comic books shops don't really want just prose so we're just like well there's this big important event that connects all the stories together but no one wants it really so yeah, kind of, we're like, like I guess we need to make it a thing. comic book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's been fun kind of turning that into a comic book and yeah, just editing. Like we also just help other indie creators publish their stuff. So I've been editing their stuff and we got other people writing within our universe. So going through their stuff. <laughs> so yeah, That's it's busy. So and <laughs> but I, it's, I it's applaud you for too that. Too much That's fun. <laughs> yeah, like, I can imagine seeing all the talent all the writing that you would have to sift through, not to mention your writing you have to do. And then you have to go and make these decisions along the way with the process for everyone else. And while also being full-time mom and everything like that's, that's a lot of grit on your part. So I give you a lot of props. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure why I've decided to do all this, but like it's, it's hard not to. And honestly, like, it's just like, it's one of those itches that kind of just needs to be scratched, I guess. And like, I start to get like, even if I have a few days away from it, I start to get so antsy. I'm like, what can I do? It's like, give me, give me something. Like I always have tons of stuff to do, but I'm just like, I need to edit something. I need to write something. And like, and every now and then I'm like doing way too much editing. And like one of my stories is like in like a formatting process or something. And I'm just like, I just need to write something to do my own projects. I got all this (laughs) stuff on the side I'm doing too. And like, um, I have this book, Babies with Rabies, coming out in a couple weeks and stuff, too. So that, that was, like, another side project. Or so. Just... Oh, I bet you're excited for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, that one has been fun because it's, like, it was, like, all me. Because, like, we're working with working with Hades at ASAP. 
he like a lot of it is like you got a big team of people working on stuff whereas like this one just kind of it didn't quite fit in the mold of ASAP at the time and kind of I wanted to kind of see if I could do it myself and and it has also this potential to be a little offensive to people so I'm like well maybe you don't want it we don't want it in the company <laughs> just in case so so I kind of it's kind of like a side project and but it's just been like a crap ton of work <laughs> so yeah, not imagine. sure what your guys uh i was gonna say um profanity rules are on your podcast oh no you're like, fine. Oh, go ahead seems fine <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah but yeah it's That's been a ton cool, of work and now man. it's finally like coming to fruition i guess and it still feels like i have a ton to do but yeah yeah um, busy I know, yeah i know you had mentioned that um you know comics really weren't sort of on your radar for a while so like did you like what kind of learning curve was there for you to go from like, you know, writing know, prose to like having to write, you know, comics I have to say like such a visual. <laughs> exactly. Cause I love Maybe. comics. I've read comics <laughs> since I was a kid and I like writing, but I always found like writing for comics a little intimidating um, compared to like, if I was writing a script or just regular story prose or something, because I feel like with a comic one, it's a little bit more precise. And you think of these panels so and I know every writer's different in terms of comic writing too, but I still find it intimidating. So it's I'm one I'm curious as well, like what kind of learning curve did you feel like that was there in order to tell this visual medium? Well, yeah, it was uh, definitely, definitely a learning curve, for sure. And originally, <laughs> so Sister Grimm was the first one, and originally it was supposed to be a graphic novel, and then we decided to kind of cut it up and make it a little shorter and turn it into just kind of the four-issue arc. So I also had to like I wrote this like big like <laughs> massive thing and it's just like you have to turn it from 144 pages to now 88 so I'm like oh my god I'm just hacking away pieces so I'm like that'll be in future <laughs> issues but, uh, but yeah but basically it was um like Hades um he'd given me I'd read a whole bunch of his scripts and I'm like okay and he's just like well here's kind of the template just kind of follow that and I I had this like I had like the general idea of the story and like where it was going to start and I started writing it and it was just painful because I was just like okay um this this is like panel one and then I'm like I think I think one of the biggest like learning curves for me was when I was writing before I don't necessarily care what the characters look like or what the camera angles are or like what all the scene like you, you give more important details and the reader can kind of use their own imagination to fill in right. the visual whereas this I'm just like oh man like I need to figure out like where she lives like does it make sense to like what's like what's around her and like I, there's a whole bunch of details where I just had casually thrown something in like in our anthology and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh man, what does this look like? <laughs> like what does she look like? So it was like a lot more like bringing them to life, which at the same time was like harder for me, but it was also like made it so the characters came to life. Like it's made them that much more vivid and that much easier to write. But then the formatting was really tricky because again like I started writing formatting and I just told him I'm like I can't do this I'm getting like I'm one of those people who just like I just write and the story just comes out I'm, I'm yep. like overthinking the formatting and the panels so I had this really like awful is this like panel one two people talking and then it's like the dialogue so it was basically just a almost a huge outline of dialogue in a way but like I'm kind of like writing vague notes of what's happening and stuff and then yeah going back I'm having to like take all of this and then like so I had to like cut this big massive story into four chunks and then I'm like okay now I have to cut it into the 22 pages and like figure out the panels and then like actually think of the visuals and like what do they look like like what is this whole thing so it's, it's had to make me that much more visual and then it's also tricky because I feel especially in my issue one it's very dialogue light and 
like there's not a lot of speech bubbles. And I'm one of those people who like, I want there, when you pick up a comic, I want to be able to spend some time with it. <laughs> and yeah. if you're just like, oh yeah, art, 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 it's like, you can, you can rip through it pretty quick. And so I was like concerned. I'm just like, well, should I have like an internal monologue? Should I have some narration? Like, and he's just like, just let the, let the artist tell the story and let the art tell the story. And so I was like, so there's a lot of behind the scenes work, but it's very much like the artist is like really like interpreting it. And it's, it was kind of like letting go of the reins a little bit and really having to work on that collaboration. And it's tricky because yeah. like, and it's like, you have like, you can't have the page too messy and too cluttered and you have to have it like, there's more mood and stuff. I feel like you're dealing with like, it's more of like a experience. Like you can read a book really fast too, I guess. And you just, but it's just like, where's, 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 where's this? It's like, yeah. you want people to like, spend time with it and so yeah it's tricky and that's like and i was very like you're limited to 22 pages like you have 22 pages to tell your story like when i used to write short stories and stuff it's like oh like 3,000 to 5,000 words like there's not usually like a very set limit and then i know same thing in, in like the first issue i was like oh i need this like big page reveal and then i was writing i'm like no it's on the wrong side because you always want it to be on like the flip i'm like uh i'm like because I'm like, well, do I cut something or do I add something? You don't want to just have like fluff and filler and just like, right. oh, here's like a throwaway page just so I can have this dramatic reveal and stuff. So like, so yeah, you have to, so I'm not like managed to add something that like this really emotional page and stuff, which is good. Or you need to like space out panels better differently. And like, it's, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky, but it's, sure. it's yeah. fun. Well, I have to imagine <laughs> like, I too, like the whole other element is collaborating with the artist as well. So yeah. that must be quite interesting where it's like oh man i'm taking something that i'm creating and creating that with someone else who's maybe yeah, visually yeah. sees it a little different than i do so how's that also been for you with collaborating with the artist yeah i think that's tricky too because i don't have like i don't like i draw but i don't have like the artistic skill to do like sequential art and like especially to the caliber that i would we wanted it for this uh for this comic um so it's very much like it is. I'm just like, I have like vague, like there's some, there's some panels that are very specific where I'm like, I picture it like this. And I'm like, this is like really how it, like over the shoulder, like she's looking at this or whatever where, and like, he's just like, yeah, that sounds great. And um, like my artist actually, it's his, it was his first comic book too. He's working on one with his brother. Awesome. He's out of Argentina. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So he was like working on this big graphic novel, like Argentinian historical political stuff. And then he's writing this like dark fantasy <laughs> hybrid kind of thing as well. But um, but yeah, it was his first comic too. So it was like it was cool because we both it was like a, I imagine a learning curve for him. Like I can't speak for him, but uh, his name's Nicolas Nieto out of Argentina. But um, yeah, he's um, he did a great job. And like the only we and again he's uh Spanish, so he had like a little bit of like the the language barrier, um, a little bit of the language barrier. Like he speaks English very well, but there's a few things where he like he's just like okay, explain that to me a different way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't quite understand. That's where hopefully as the writer, we're like, okay, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, can I just like, and, and because I'm like an artist, there was like, there was one page. I'm just like, I, I sent him this like really like awful, like panel, panel, stick figure, stick figure, stick figure, stick figure. <laughs> and like, cause I'm not going to like try and impress him. I'm like, oh, here's, cause I'll, my perfectionist will come out right. and I'll start like trying to draw it, but that's not what I need to do. I'm just like, yeah, this is like what, what, what I'm trying to describe in this panel. And or the, so or the way I like explaining how the panels are oh stacked man. or something. That's way better than like the drawing part. I, I'm uh, no, I can't really do that. Stick figures. Even I'm like, no, this is bad. Cause I can't even get the, the right 
levels it needs to be on but man yeah, i yeah. will write detail <laughs> detail detail and then next thing you know it's almost like a page of detail or something but yeah. that is crazy <laughs> uh it's just such a it's a wonderful medium it's something that I, would, I don't know i would love to try at some point but that is it's amazing what you're able to do and to do <laughs> editor-in-chief like yeah hands down that's crazy. <laughs> It's fun. It's it's like it's it's addicting, honestly. <laughs> Which I was just like, yeah, I'm just like it cuts into my like it's it's real like I have no work life balance. I'm just like constantly like there's like I don't know maybe maybe people know how to ba- have balance in their life, but I'm not one of those people. I'm just well, have like, you always either- consider, uh, consider yourself like a big movie fan as well? Have you like growing up was movies a big part of your journey as well to your creativity yeah for sure I was like a huge movie person like I didn't necessarily go to a ton of movies like on my birthday and stuff that was like the big theater adventure and stuff but basically um yeah just like as everything came out like back when blockbuster used to be a thing like I'd like (laughs) go down and just rent movies by myself and stuff like once I was old enough to drive and all that stuff like like just consuming them like en masse and then it definitely slowed down a little bit. Like there's the torrenting <laughs> phase oh, of things right. where yeah, you can yeah, just like yeah. just 24 um, hours of movies. Yeah, the 2000s, <laughs> right? Bringing out yeah, all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they got rid of like the slow stuff and you could actually like, it wasn't like, oh, it'll take four days to download this movie. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then my, my partner's brother, he had like the Netflix subscription way back when. So we would like watch movies through that and stuff. And, but then it it has like recently it slowed down and and also I used to be like a like a cre- like super big reader and that's just slowed down too. Yeah. I also think that part of it's because now I'm writing and stuff. I just yeah don't yeah. have as much time for like other to consume as much content. But no, it's a little bit like yeah. But it's definitely like kids. I'm just like I can't watch like adult movies during the day. Like <laughs> that sounds awful. Movies. <laughs> 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 Uh, also not watching that during the day <laughs> oh no but anyway <laughs> oh just got that my cough is coming out now too um but yeah movies that are geared towards adults right pg right. <laughs> pg yeah. upwards well you know um, and you know certainly you know being you know somebody who consumed a lot of films that certainly um helped you sort of develop that visual language exactly as a writer probably exactly. I would imagine so. That's anyway. the point I was thinking too, because like as you know, art inspires art. That's what I always say. But as a someone who's watched films like you have and stuff like that, I'm sure that that's kind of inspired you with how you see in your mind's eye as you're yeah. writing, and also when you communicate with your artist about maybe certain scenes and certain angles. Um. I'm sure movies have done a lot for you on, on that aspect as well. Because they almost kind of coincide in some respect yeah. when you think of the visual aspect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't have like a good kind of... I feel like I don't have a super good cinematic memory. Like I know there's a few movies where like you watch something and you're like... Like I remember um the opening scene of The Revenant always sticks out with me where I'm just like watching it like you're like... Oh. <laughs> like just an awesome something where it's just like how did they even do this or anything where it's like the one sequence like old boy like the action like sequence where it's Ooh, like this is like one take and stuff like all of that's i'm just assuming you guys know these movies since this is what you do <laughs> but, uh, hopefully i'm not hopefully someone knows what i'm talking about but yeah there's like there's moments in movies where i'm like oh this is incredible but i think it's like 
everything else that feels like pretty subconscious i don't have a really good like visual memory for a movie like i remember what movies i've seen and what they're about right. to some extent but um yeah i can't like there's not like a lot of again i just this like I, like what same thing when I was writing about I don't have like that kind of like visual way of thinking but I I don't doubt that movies have definitely influenced that and like especially now that I'm writing comics I definitely have to think more of it that way because it is very similar to writing a movie script or like so I say it, that it as someone way. who hasn't yeah. really written a movie script though <laughs> no, <laughs> I've seen movie scripts but it is very it. much like <laughs> yeah but it, it's it feels like it leans more a little that way obviously because I'm not mm. worried about like the whole describing the whole scene like it's someone else's it, job yeah. to kind of get that mood and make sure everything feels authentic but so it yeah really so it's, it's, it feels it's, like it's uh, that but. it's because it's not like a whole lot of detail you put into scripts necessarily you know like when you're talking about a certain scene it's usually maybe just a few details here and there that maybe is important and then otherwise it's a lot of dialogue and then it's just really up to the director and whoever else to really determine that look yeah so for it's, sure it, it yeah, it's definitely an interesting, <laughs> an interesting uh, writing medium. The scripts are. Yeah, well, and I think and television kind of a, is way different. Yeah, I can't even. Television is like a whole different world. <laughs> like I feel like I kind of relate to movies, but television just feels like its own thing because it's that massive series, and I feel like I watch things and I'm like, yeah. I don't even know, like, where are they going with this? <laughs> like in Fine. a good way and a bad way, but. <laughs> oh my god! And then their formatting, though, for scripts is completely different than that of a feature film script. Oh, is too. it i have yeah I seen it's the different so weird <laughs> it's a lot of um spacing i've found in between pages and oh. even sometimes <laughs> it's so weird if you get a chance to ever yes, and you're curious and you're just right like the what does it look like you'll know you'll see what i'm talking when about people are weirdly particular about all that like it's just like someone came up with this format and this is what you should do like i know in comics there's like a constant <laughs> debate about like there's right. like a i feel like there's a general like this is like these are important things to include like panels <laughs> right. how many panels per page like what time of day is it and stuff like that is it nighttime is it daytime but like there's general like oh like there's so many things you can you gotta center align the dialogue you gotta left align the dialogue and all that stuff <laughs> yeah well, and I I know, the next question. yeah, yeah and i was gonna say like i know earlier you had you had um mentioned the mcu um but what's interesting is you know i was doing a little bit of uh research with uh asap uh, asap imaginations uh comics and it definitely seems like there's like a universe like there even though there's like different comics like they all sort of encompass like within this greater event that you had mentioned earlier there's like this event yeah. that's sort of like the catalyst for everything that happens with all these yeah. comics and stuff is that is that something that you're like heavily involved with in terms because i i i think um I know, I think one of the things you had mentioned, uh, well, and, uh, you know, on your website was that, you know, I think, uh, points of, uh, villainy and points of virtue were kind of like the central thing. And then like, maybe the comics sort of came out of that. Can you talk a little bit about how, like what started this and then like how you guys decided like, okay, we're going to make these stories sort of spiral out of the, those two yeah. Stories, I guess. Yeah. yeah for sure so it's definitely all in a shared universe um there's a there's right now we got sister grim messiah dead of night and opsec and hole so we got five titles right now and they're all their own oh. story yeah. and they're all their own characters but they all take place in a shared universe and they all take place surrounding this event so there's also so points of only points of virtue is this it was actually okay sorry reversing a little bit so hades started writing um messiah with kyle wright and that was kind of 
that was the original thing. Like he was, he was working oh, on that kind of, kind of in the background before he started a company and he had planned to submit it to some like dark horse and stuff like that. And then he just was like, I'm just going to make my own company. <laughs> like, why not? Right. Why not do the super easy thing and just start my own company? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that, so that one was like already in the works, but he had already basically come up with all these characters, this big background story. And we, he had this event. So, and basically like the cause behind the event. And then, where I came in is that was when we wrote the event. So that was points of villainy, points of virtue. And it's this like sweet little flip book that like we had originally tried putting on Amazon and Amazon's like, you can't print a flip book with us. And we're kind of had our whole like, well, should we like just change it? So it's not a flip book. And again, we're kind of like, it has that weird little like artistic integrity. I'm like, but it's, such a cool idea <laughs> like, oh, yeah. so so we just took totally. everything off amazon and like put it on and eventually like we had a few other things kind of lingering out there and eventually you just put it all on asap and we're like you know what we're going full indie like cut out the big corporation and stuff dude but um yeah so that was kind of where it started so there is this event and then messiah starts it's it's a year after the event and it's basically this guy who ends up with these unwanted healing powers and it's kind of he's on the run he has been experimented on and kind of escapes this facility and that's kind of all the stuff around there and then opsec is kind of there's these two government agents who are basically investigating all these paranormal events that are kind of all the fallout like there's the event happened but it didn't like leave everything unchanged like there's people are killed and murdered and people are left with powers and all this nefarious stuff going on and then their sister Grimm happens three months after the event, and basically, and that's the one I wrote. And basically, it follows this doctor who had this in, in the um, points of only points, points of virtue. She basically escaped London with her family and went back to see if she could help, and had this physical encounter with death, and ended up with these ended up. Like I feel like the cat's already out of the bag, and I'm always, I'm always, t- I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to say what she actually is, but all over, like, we got trading cards that say that she's half human, half Reaper hybrid, and stuff. So, oh, wow, so okay. she's half half Grim Reaper, <laughs> and it's basically her trying to like navigate her powers and hmm. um, figure out how that fits in her new life and stuff. And then okay. we got Dead and Night, which is, I guess, being in England, he was this, he was this knight, and he has this big family legacy. And before the event, there's like this shining family and public figure and all that stuff. And then the the event turns into this vigilante. So he's got all the medieval wear and like the the vigilante justice and kind of stuff like Punisher style. (laughs) So, yeah. And then hole is actually uh, one of the recent ones that came out too. And it's this um, happens like right after the event, like um, and it's actually like first person is how it's written, which is, I know, I've read a lot of people who are like, oh, there's not a lot of first person. I actually haven't seen anyone say first person comics are done super well, but it's like, I thought they did like a fantastic job and I don't have a ton of like reference. <laughs> and not biased. At all. I'm like, of course this company did an awesome <laughs> job. No, but I thought like the artist, again, it was her first comic and it was, yeah, they just did like an incredible job together. And it's like super cool. And it's like this dark kind of, it has like an occult vibe. That one, I feel like it's hard to give away that one's hard to describe without giving away too many details. I feel like maybe right. I've probably given away too many details on the other ones, but no, <laughs> they're good like teasers though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. well, and then um, I think what's also interesting too, is that not only do you guys have this sort of shared universe, um, you know, umbrella and stories, but you guys also have um, 
like a like a separate thing of like stories that are like their own thing that are separate from the event storylines and i think that's what the new new one i think is is what that yeah so that one's called the anyone world yeah the anyone world Um, okay yeah yeah no (laughs) um so that one's basically we that's where we kind of but we've we have our charity anthologies through there and like we did one which is and it has novels and comics and stuff and it's basically helping other creators publish their stuff because it can be daunting <laughs> like as someone who's tra- tried to publish my own kind of outside asap it's a lot of a lot of a lot of work and it's yeah. like there's so much to learn and it's so much better when you have a team of people who know what they're doing That's in my cool. opinion um so yeah so it's basically people who come and they come in all kinds of processes people come with us with just ideas and people come to us with full print and we're just helping them with distribution and marketing and stuff so it's basically anywhere along the process people can bring a comic book to us and we're just like yeah like we'll do what we can like we have resources at our disposal we know editors and have editor (laughs) it's me (laughs) Um, (laughs) i know an editor (laughs) um but like and then like graphic designers and we have artists and stuff so like we try to like help people where we can and yeah get stuff out there and then yeah like like i've been to i got to go to my first con here in september and i got to like bring all of their comics as well and put them out and talk about them and try and sell them on their behalf so it's just it's just kind of creates a bigger community because it it can be overwhelming and also i think writing and art and stuff and especially in Mm -hmm. in these past few years like it's everyone's been pretty isolated so more so (laughs) so like when you're doing all this solo creative work it's nice to kind of have people you can talk to and bounce ideas off of and someone who kind of feels like they're in your corner and championing your work so yeah so that's basically why we set that up and then yeah and then we have like our we try to do a charity anthology every year it's not like quite every year it kind of depends on timelines and stuff like right now we're doing something called animaltronic where every two weeks we draw a name and it's one big story and so every writer writes a 10-page comic script and then the ne- then we draw a name and the next person just carries on that story oh, and then we're wow. going to bring in like different we have um we're trying to bring in a whole bunch of new artists to who like just want to try doing a comic book and so they, mm-hmm. they can chunk it up into the 10 different segments as well so it's supposed to be this big mix and we're like donating to um oh i wish i should have written it down but it's this uh <laughs> art it's this it's like a it's like a not-for-profit in new york city that helps kind of the underserved youth and creative oh, cool. arts That's and stuff amazing. like that so yeah. trying yeah. to give back where we can and encourage more creators to sure, give it a yeah. shot and stuff yeah and um i had watched a couple of interviews that you had done on youtube um and I'm, one of the things i thought was really uh cool you know about what you guys are are doing with ASAP and stuff is you guys have talent from all over the world. Like it's not just, you know, Americans or just, you know, you know, people from England or anything like that. I mean, I know like one of the creators you said was like from Japan. You had another one from Australia. Well, and she, her artist was, and your artist is from Argentina. Argentina, Yeah. You guys just have a whole host of creatives from everywhere yeah yeah it is funny too because one of our first argentinian artists was basically like oh i know an artist oh i know an artist so like a lot of her artists are actually from argentina (laughs) just because he's like he was very connected with his like little artistic world down there and so we're like yeah like keep sending them our way (laughs) so so that yeah we definitely have like because haiti's at the uk there's definitely like a there's a lot of uk people still like not a lot like like you said it's quite the mix but we're definitely like i think a little heavier on the uk side and a little heavier on the argentinian <laughs> side and 
maybe U.S. But <laughs> yeah. hey, but it's a growing yeah. thing. It sounds like too as well. Like you guys, it's don't remember. It's like grown a lot, but then it keeps growing, which is yeah. Beautiful. And there's so many amazing artists, and you know whether that be writers or actual artists who are out there drawing the material and so forth. Because every artist is kind of unique in their own way, and yeah. Oh man, I can only imagine the talent that you'll end up adding to the family, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's super cool because we get like all kinds of like skill levels and like like we've had two guys who basically it was their first comic and then we've had two guys who has like been in the industry for like 20 years. Oh. <laughs> they like so mm-hmm. you like have very different levels of like you get to be there to like like all of them are special. Like get help helping someone who's been in the in the industry for 20 years, like the f- fact that they come to you and like trust you with their work like is very meaningful. But same thing oh, when, there's, when there's someone who's like brand new and you're like, you get to help someone like publish their first thing. Like I know every time, I, like I've, I've got to publish my very first thing, but everything I've done since then has been different. It's like, oh, my first publication, that's this. And my first, like my first <laughs> book and then my first comic and then my first comic with my best friend. And then like my first picture book that's coming out soon and all that stuff. So it's like, it's still a lot of firsts. Like they're technically yeah. like my third and fourth and stuff now. But I'm like, they're still my first. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it's, yeah. But it's yeah. super fun. Like seeing people's reaction. Cause it is like, you get a, like a lot of these, these are people's dreams. <laughs> so yeah. it's like yep. super cool getting to be a part of them and like encouraging yeah. them and helping them along and that's awesome. doing what we can. <laughs> well, doing all of that for ASAP, I can certainly understand why you needed to break and sort of do your own thing on the side. And that yeah. led you to doing uh, Babies with Rabies, a survival yeah. Maybe By the way, great title. Can you sort of, you know, because I know right now it's on pre-order. Um, yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? Uh, I mean, I know the title sort of, you know, ABC Survival Guide, but can you tell us a little bit about the book and, you know, what readers can expect with it? And, and yeah, uh, for sure. So it's, um, it's, I kind of set it up as like, um, like a inappropriate gift book for like new parents. Like I know when I had my kids, like people gave me um, go the F to sleep and K is for knife ball <laughs> and like, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and I know there's other ones out there. There's like, all my friends are dead. And there's like, I always forget how it's like T is for pterodactyl, which starts with actually starts mm-hmm. with a P right. And stuff like that. Like there's all these like goofy little parenting books where they're not really for kids, but like, they're kind of set up and that's kind of what this is like and on the surface it looks like it's a kid's book but it's very not like it's not like full of swears or anything like it's not right, quite right. good they have to sleep <laughs> it's more <laughs> along the lines of like k is for knife ball where it's like it's not it's like not advice for kids <laughs> and stuff and like and potentially it could be offensive like there's a few people who like i've already had some like I've, i had like my first like very angry person been like you are a horrible oh. person for writing this book and i'm oh, like oh, you should man. just take that with pride that is that is an angry person <laughs> <laughs> like and i get it and, I, and that was that was kind of the reason why i'm just like maybe we keep it outside of ASAP just in case <laughs> it doesn't oh, have a super there. good reception, but like, yeah. but, but it sure, is. That's understandable because that sounds appealing for the Adams family right there too. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can see Morticia Adams loving that. Yeah. And I really, yeah. I, like the, um, I like the cover, like, you know, cause I mean the artwork itself for the book, I mean, it's very gritty, yeah. you know, art yeah. and it kind of reminds me of like the, you know, it has that sort of grit of like the garbage pail kids or something that's yeah, yeah. Or like that's, that's a good way of putting it you know yeah. stuff from back in the day 
So I yes. think really, you know, it matches, it matches that sort of, you know. Oh my God. I lucked out with the humor. artists so much. So I went to like this children's book community on Facebook and I was just like, Hey, I need an artist. <laughs> and, like, and I had like hundreds of people just been like, Hey, DM me, DM me. And like, here's my portfolio. So I'm like, Oh my God, this is a lot of work. So I like was going through them and like, there's people who are way like super good and but way outside of my price range. And then like, I found this one guy where I'm just like, I really love your style, but like, I have other ideas for like actual children's books that maybe I'd like to come back with you on. <laughs> and then, yeah. cause he had these like very like watercolor cutesy things. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh, these are actually like really beautiful. And like, I, and the price was right. And I'm just like, okay, I'm like, this is where I could see you like working with you one day. And he's just like, well, what kind of style do you want? He's like, I can do all kinds of stuff. And so I'm just like, I like was a little skeptical <laughs> based on like what he has. I'm like, um, sure. I guess we'll try it. So I like, I had to like give, I gave him some examples and like, um, I can't remember exactly. I, oh, I get, so, you know, um, it's the baby in Roger Rabbit who framed Roger oh, Rabbit. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. Like the, with the little cigar. Yes. So that was kind of oh fun. My like God. That. So now, I, oh, that's going to get me now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. And then and it's funny because he's just like, you're like her name, his name. <laughs> he's like this, like the whole man voice there. And so that was kind of like it. And then I gave him this comic book artist called Scotty Young. And I was just like, this is okay, kind of yeah. like the gritty, like, I don't know if you guys know him, but oh, yeah, I, right. I was just like kind of that style. And like, and then I, I didn't have a ton of other things. I'm just like, this is like, it's, I, I had kind of explained and how I kind of pitch it to people. Cause way back when I actually tried querying it to like art or agents and publishers and stuff being like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe someone will take this and <laughs> help me out. And then I was just like, no one wants this. I'm just like, or, it's not that no one wanted it, but it's, it's niche it's, a it's very risky. niche yeah. <laughs> it's a little risky yeah. yeah and like not a, a lot of people a lot of agents and stuff like not many people are looking for like hey i'm looking for like inappropriate parenting picture books like people are looking for graphic <laughs> novels people are looking for children's books <laughs> like or, yeah. and also also not a lot of agents are looking for humor which is like kind of like something that's very like specifically in the humor category or satire yeah. or parody or whatever so i kind of yeah. had pitched it as like mad max meets like Shaun of the dead with babies that was kind of nice that was my original <laughs> kind of thing. that's interesting man i had that visual of like, it worked these different yeah so it's very much like it's like and there are it's like and there's like a few no kind of like 80s 90s movies like there's a few little things right. like there's like it had pulled from like walking dead and rambo and like Originally, I had yeah. I, I had this like Jurassic Park moment in there, and then he drew it. I'm like, okay, it went too far. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got, now I got dinosaurs in here. I'm like, okay, dial it back. <laughs> it went okay. Oh, you got to keep right. it a little more cohesive and stuff. Yeah, so. that's, see, that's great. great because you know, just even with chatting with you, you can hear how so many different movies apparently have also <laughs> been such an influence. And by the way, I found out the name of that baby. It's Baby Herman. Baby. There you <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say that was, that was a really good moment for the listeners because you know the listeners are like, "Baby Herman." Baby I know. Herman. I, I couldn't hold it. Even I'm sitting here in the back of my head, like, "I gotta know this." I can't remember. <laughs> good work. Yeah. yeah, that would have bugged me. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, so. <laughs> Well, yeah, imagine how the just... baby would feel if he was here. He'd be pissed off too. Yeah, how dare, how dare you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just, just going in a huff. <laughs> but yeah, so it was basically, um, I feel like I went off a huge tangent here. But <laughs> so basically oh, that was kind of like the style I gave him. And then he drew, he, I gave him one of like, I. so it's basically, it goes by letters. So like 
R is R is for rabies or R is for rabies. Of course, it's for rabies. Your most imminent threat is babies with rabies. That's like the main like letter, and that's like on the back <laughs> yeah. of the book. And okay, so it's yeah. kind of just like it, it goes through. It talks about like how to identify a rabid baby and make sure you're not alone. And like here are their weaknesses and their strengths. And like here's what you need to do. Like here's the things you can do to like like protect yourself and like here's their common attacks and like stuff you can do so it's basically this whole kind of like guidebook on how to like survive these little like rabid zombie-esque little babies and stuff so and it's like just like post-apocalyptic like all the drawings are kind of like post-apocalyptic where like there's like this cute little house and then outside the window it's like burning vehicles and all this stuff so (laughs) it's basically so yeah it has like a very much like zombie apocalypse kind of feel with like babies and stuff but it's more like they're in like gangs has that like i said the mad max kind of vibe too so see that makes me think of even like dawn the original like dawn of the dead so so originally for the cover i was like can you do the do like dawn of the dead but with like babies oh my gosh he kind of he's just like "Uh," he's just like he tried doing it he's just like what if we do this we changed it slightly but that was like my original like the original dawn of the dead movie poster poster. so it would have been kind of the silhouettes or whatever but like babies (laughs) what you do is you make like an extra feature be like this is our original cover idea yeah 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 i should have have, like (laughs) release some anniversary edition or something some anniversary edition with the dawn of the dead but again like i'm not i'm not like copyrights and stuff i'm like we gotta be like like because it's parody parody seems to be okay for a lot of the copyright i'm like we can't get too close (laughs) understand there's always that risk and stuff but yeah it was just fun to write and it was one of those things like around six months me and my parents i think were just joking around one day about <laughs> rabbit babies and then it totally <laughs> spawned into something and then yeah and it, it was just one of those things where like i just started writing a letter here and there we'd come up with a couple things and like oh it's getting traction like <laughs> <laughs> so and i was slowly doing it in the, like in the background of other stuff and then like so it just I, became a thing <laughs> yeah basically and then like i started writing sister Graham, and like i was fully in asap and then i was doing this just kind of in the background and started querying it and then i'm like okay pull it back out and then i think actually hades helping me publish a comic book was basically it did help a lot because it kind of as soon as you publish something it's just like things become more achievable like as soon as you do something like i think it's something like i think like the four minute mile where it's like no one could break the four minute mile and then Mm. someone broke it and then also i'm like a whole bunch of people broke it broke it because it was possible whereas i think something like that where it's like getting something published and putting it out there suddenly made everything possible whereas like seeing him get his comic book out there and like talking to artists i'm like okay maybe like i can find an artist and like do this myself and like figure this out so just slowly start doing it and it was like a big process and of, of course when you're paying artists it's not the cheapest process and stuff so like oh, yeah. when you start doing your break even you're like oh god how many of these do i have to sell it's fun a little like it's a, it's a passion project <laughs> and of course yeah, you always hope things will take off and sure. you'll find your fans and your target target audience and stuff but you're there's definitely like you have to do this for love as well like because you're not there's a very small percentage of people who become (laughs) rich off of this so it's definitely like like, you're very happy doing it though you know yeah yeah it's like you can hear the excitement there and we're lucky to see you on camera so we can see you too when you're talking about it yeah Yeah. well it's also nice too because i mean you the sounds like the you know the connections that you've made the people that you're working with are all it's all out of passion it wasn't like 
let's invest in this multi-million dollar idea. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't yeah, making yeah. the money yeah. wise. It was, it was just pa- thing- and I think yeah. that's you know certainly what makes doing the work more pleasurable and makes it yeah something you look forward to. Um, all right, well, um, <laughs> so you know, movies obviously were a big thing, and we're here to talk about one movie that uh that you really like um and that is bill and ted's excellent adventure we've got some historical figures to rescue we're history thanks to bill and ted the 20th century is about to be invaded by genghis khan napoleon billy the kid i'm dr freud what you may call me Siki. oh my gosh socrates and abraham lincoln Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! Rated PG. Starts Friday, February 17th at Theaters Everywhere. 1989. (laughs) Yeah. Going way back, not picking any new movies. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. Trust me, you're good. Yeah, so um, can you... uh... So why right. this film? I guess basically is what Chaz tried to get. Why this yeah, film? We'll start. We'll start there. Why this? So movie? I, I guess so. Josh told me he's like, pick a favorite movie, and I'm like, oh god, you're gonna make me choose a favorite movie. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's even possible because I it's like a wide range. And, and again, I'm just like, and he's just like, well, here's like kind of the things we talk about. I'm like, okay, maybe I wouldn't pick this movie or this movie. But I'm like, I'm just like, what's there's a whole bunch of movies I've seen so many times, like. Mm-hmm. And this just seemed like one that was just, it's silly, it's nice, and it's been around for a while, and it's like, people love Keanu Reeves, and it's like, <laughs> I could talk about it, <laughs> sure. I'll probably won't do it any justice, because I'm like, I don't, I don't know, like, a ton of actors, and I don't know, like I said, I watch a lot of movies, but I'm not like, I don't have that movie trivia brain or anything, right. like, oh, this director does all that, like, some things, like Tarantino movies or something, and like, they, some things kind of slot into your brain and you remember them forever and i can know for the long <laughs> like there's always certain actors where i'm like you see them in a thousand things or in funula you're like look it up and then it finally sticks but i just don't have like a good movie <laughs> trivia brain but, i was gonna already say Connor Reeves sounds like he's kind of stuck in your brain there so even like before this one i'm like oh what's the other guy alex winter i'm like, yes. like i should look up no. his name so i can like semi talk about this movie because <laughs> like i think he was in like like he's only in like lost boys is the only other thing i've seen him in like i don't That's know really if he's one in of the other bigger projects yeah yeah and then obviously <laughs> the, the, the ted villain ted's reboot like was it made oh he faced face the music, music. yeah but this is just like from my childhood i used to watch all these kind yeah. of old movies like my dad used to watch like these old like 80s 90s movies and then like war movies <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. i'm like i don't want to talk about like 12 like hamburger hill <laughs> like, I think, like, but i don't know if it's cut well, that one's the one that, i don't know if that's the courtroom one or the war one all of a sudden but <laughs> oh yeah because they had yeah because you had like the original that's a classic and then you got yeah, the, the 90s yeah, remake that yeah. came out yeah <laughs> Yeah, like like there's 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 some more movie like the twelve I don't know I don't think it's called Twelve Angry Men but it's like has um Donald Sutherland in it. This guy's name's Oliver. Oh, awesome. yeah, that ring kind of rings a bell. But ring a bell. I'm on I'm like put on the this spot. Another, uh, it's hard another for my thing brain for your for your listeners, they can yeah, yell at the screen. It's this, ah. it's this. <laughs> some more movie. They're attacking some German and Donald Sutherland's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Sutherland's like 
10 in it. He's so young. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you want to read off some stats on the movie? Oh, well, I mean... Not much other than I know it was very successful film and critics loved it. Um, so made eighty percent uh, rotten tomatoes. Eighty something percent. It's yeah. higher than that. Know made that. 40, yeah. 40 million. Forty and a half million. Forty and a half million in the box office. So yeah. I guess really? a ten million dollar budget. <laughs> so it, uh, it definitely took. It off. definitely made some money. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially in the eighties or yeah nineties. I guess would be yeah. yeah it <laughs> came 80s. out in February eighty nine. So around. Close to Valentine's Day uh, or after. Date, uh, silly date movies. <laughs> yeah. <that> <laughs> and nice. then, of course, you know, they had their sequel, Bogus Bogus Adventure. Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey, excuse me. God, excellent yeah. adventure. <laughs> and then, of course, we, the third one, which we just mentioned, that came out yeah. a couple decades later. So I'm kind of curious. Do you feel like you saw this film many times? And that's like one of the things that you were just like, you know what? I really, I'll just go with this one. I'll go ahead and talk about um, this a little bit. So I could tell you. So I was originally thinking. I think I kind of had it narrowed down to an old movie. I was going to go Young Frankenstein, oh, Ted's Exit one. Adventure, or Wayne's World. <laughs> oh, another like, good one. Those are yeah. like no. <laughs> I'm mean, like I could talk about all these, but I don't know. I just settled on this one because it, it's. I don't know. It's like quotable. I feel like some people don't yeah, watch like Young Frankenstein because it's even like it's was filmed in black and white, right. and then, yeah. I don't know. Wayne, I don't know. I could have picked Wayne's real like easy. It's like a flipping coin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no, even if it's super credible yeah. that I quote and like no one else gets, like that's where it is. Like, well, and you know and the again, crazy just... thing is, is that with Bill and Ted, I feel like that's a movie. Um, I'm going to say like it was because I mean I was a kid when it came out. Obviously, I'm going to say it was you know popular when it came out, but I think over time has just continued to grow more and more in its fan base. Obviously, we got the third film, right? Yeah. Um, even though it's been a couple of decades. <laughs> so obviously something like this, I think is something that people saw on constant repeat in some way, because I feel like I did the same thing when I was a kid. Like if it was on TV, yeah. like maybe like HBO or something, then yeah. I was going to sit there and watch it. Cause it was just, it happened to be on. And I was like, Oh, this is a fun movie. And of course, Bill and Ted just being a funny character that, you know, these, Oh, how would you explain these California surfer like <laughs> mentality or some rock and roll mentality? Yeah, yeah it's it it is yeah. like you said. Yeah, it kind of has horrible, like a bit know? of a burnout vibe, but they're not burnouts like like burnout. No, kind of like, right, like, exactly. Hotheads of it, like but they kind of have that, and they're not surfers because but they have kind of have yeah. that too. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. yeah, just yeah, they're... not because I can see smart. you know I can see that too. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> like dude hitting the waves you know that kind of deal yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um and then of course if you want uh we'll have to ask you of course but can you tell us a little bit about the movie for those who haven't seen it and why they should see it <laughs> so oh man i have to explain this okay so basically there's Bill and, Ted, <laughs> and they're failing their history class so and in order to not fail their history class they have to ace their final exam and if they don't ace their final exam, I don't remember if Bill has any consequences because his parents don't really care, but Ted is going to be sent to military school. Mm-hmm. So it's like very important. And in the whole time, Bill and Ted are like trying to start this band called Wild Stallions in their garage. <laughs> and they're, they're not really so concerned about like, like, yeah, military school, but they're like, we can't split up the band. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, yeah, they're, they're like worried about this and they have this like big, like looming project. And then... 
<laughs> then um, George Carlin shows up in a telephone booth. <laughs> There's a big thunderstorm, lightning storm. And he like shows up, and which is also like part of the, like I love George Carlin. I wish he. I think I don't I think know, he was in right? much. Like oh. I wish he was still around and in more yeah. things. But like I think that was another thing that kind of sealed it. Where I'm like, oh, I get to talk about George Carlin. But yeah, so Rufus <laughs> basically Rufus, kind yeah. of explains the whole thing where they can like go back and like um in time and they can learn history and all this stuff and so the telephone booth and they can dial the year i guess i forget exactly how it works and then so they go back and then um they go back to the wild west is the very first place they go and they like run into billy the kid and basically they're they end up in this like kind of saloon fight if i remember and billy the kid kind of runs with them and they pull him into the booth and then all of a sudden they're like oh and then they end up with him in like um medieval england and then yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, it's... what if we like collect <laughs> some historical figures? <laughs> so just kidnap a whole bunch of historical figures, like screw changing history, but I'm sure nothing bad will happen. So they basically just go and like like I think the Wild West and like medieval England are like the big kind of longer scenes. And mm-hmm. then they go get like oh my Socrates God, yeah. and like, like Genghis Napoleon, Khan. <laughs> Napoleon, Napoleon, yeah. yes. Abraham Lincoln, yeah. And there's all these like great moments where like they call like 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 Socrates and like beef oven like they just yeah. like total like <laughs> total, just total like ditzes basically it's like, it's fun, so, you know, like the yeah. whole like they're like the whole state sort of hinges on them passing this history class because if they don't then like the, the future and like you know i don't know what it is like 2688 or whatever oh yeah like, yeah gets completely screwed up and like humanity ends so like because <laughs> I, I forget because rufus explains that right like he's in, in yeah. the future like you guys are like our gods yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. your music is like the foundation of our society so like that's why rufus comes back and like yeah. you guys have to pass this test and like here's this <laughs> time traveling telephone yeah, booth for people ridiculous. who don't know what a telephone booth is yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly oh, man. Telephone yeah getting into some old references like, what is that what is a telephone <laughs> yeah. booth in or this podcast we've mentioned blockbu- yeah we've Block mentioned Buster. blockbuster we've mentioned telephone booth <laughs> <laughs> carbon yeah. dating <laughs> we're, we're the elder millennials so we you know, caught that last part of it yeah yeah it's great because i mean this movie i mean you know it's a comedy and it just has this ridiculous premise to it um and they definitely just go all out (laughs) for oh yeah like it like they literally like lure genghis khan by offering him like a twinkie (laughs) (laughs) and and again like to come like i don't don't think i have to worry about spoilers on a movie that's what like 30 years old yeah like they bring them all to the, like to i guess san dimas which i assume is in california mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then like it's I'm basically probably. just all these historical like figures like at the mall and napoleon goes to like the waterloo water park and oh stuff God, like that great. it's yeah. so great <laughs> yeah. yeah like genghis khan just like attacking the mannequins like in the sporting goods store <laughs> is like my yeah. favorite like he's just like just like lopping off heads with a baseball bat and, like, <laughs> oh, and then of course they all get arrested <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah uh, ted's, ted's dad is a cop yes, <laughs> of course yeah. and so they have to go break them out of jail and then they have this big fantastic show at the end with all the figures and it's like this big rock 
concert. Oh, it's so, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, like, like everyone's doing like boring ass speeches and they're like, yeah. lights and lasers. If you ask me, that would be the most creative presentation you'd have to give them an A for, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. A for creativity. A plus. <laughs> be like, yeah. That's a big like, turnaround. Like, I'm not sure what the objective. Oh, yeah, I think the objective of the thing is like what historical figures would think of modern day San Dimas, I think was the title of the paper so they basically like got all of the figures to like talk about their experience and stuff like that <laughs> like abraham lincoln and stuff and <laughs> it's yeah it's so oh my gosh it brings back so many memories though because like <laughs> i just remember as a kid enjoying it because it was just funny and ridiculous but i don't but you have to imagine too i think a lot of young people were sitting there going like oh yeah history is fun after seeing this movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so next question is, and this is always the most difficult question, I think. But if they were to do like a remake of Bill and Ted and their excellent adventure, oh, um, like, <laughs> do you have any ideas on who you would like to see casted in the main roles, or and what, what would you, you want like to see different? To maybe? see differently yeah. in the movie. If they were to, to <laughs> so, in so today's world. I, yeah, so so Hades is like a big '80s movies buff, and I mentioned that I was coming on this. I was like, so this is the movie I picked, and again, I like I mentioned, I don't really know actors and stuff. I'm just like, I was just like, this is perfectly cast, right? And he's like, oh yeah, you're screwed. You can't come up with an answer. For that. <laughs> he's like, it's perfectly cast. Yeah. I was just like, because yeah. like like you can't get rid of George Carlin. As just like right. Alex Winter, I'm like, I don't know who his equivalent is because he's kind of like like you said, he's like in two movies. So I'm like, like, I'm sure you could find like people to play these guys. And then like, I think, I don't know enough about Keanu Reeves, but I assume this is like one of his first movies. And like, I, I find him like, that, yeah. yeah. And like, I, so this is where like gets a little bit hate, but I actually don't love him as an actor. <laughs> like I know he's a great person, <laughs> yeah. but I think he does not like, doesn't really have emotion <laughs> but i think he's great and like john wick yeah. and like neo or neo in matrix and stuff so, but um like I, he's been in like some romantic comedies i'm like oh you're so awkward but, um, <laughs> i love i love him in this he's like this like he's like this like adorable little like dude he's so young <laughs> in this one and he's so movies. young and he's yeah. like he just fits the role and he, i think he does a great job of it and he's just like yeah, oh, I do. Yeah. I think he like plays it perfectly. Like I can picture like like the one moment he has like one moment when Abraham Lincoln is talking to him at the very end, and he's just like, "My dear friends," and he's like, and Mitch's Ted. And Ted has this like bashful little like kind of thing he does, <laughs> and I like I was just like like that is kind of just like this was like a really you did great at this. <laughs> like kudos, Keanu. Like I just like think it, he did a good job of it. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know enough actors to say someone else. Uh should be it and like maybe in some of Kenna's more like recent movies been like you should not be in this like anyone but like I don't blame you because I mean you know a lot of these a lot of the movies that that people talk about on this podcast I mean it's just they're so like they're such products of their time and that the actors that were used uh that were cast in the role were like it's just you can't imagine a different chemistry a different, or some sort yeah you yeah. just can't because you're just like man I don't know who could pull that off? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think definitely for Bill and Ted, and certainly because, you know, of the the fan following that it's developed and, you know, the cult status that it has, you know, 
Well, yeah, like you said too, it's a product of his time. So there is yeah. a bit of like that time capsule thing to it. Yeah, and yeah. It's hard to think of, well, what would you do to update it? And yeah. not to say that it couldn't be because I right. mean, there's so much that's happened between then and now that you could, oh man, there, I think there's a lot you could probably fit into it. But yeah, it'd be like, really, I think... it takes a lot of work to process. <laughs> yeah. Like, what would you do differently? Yeah, like I understand why they did I guess the sequel, I guess, like, so I mean, like the most recent one, like the bogus oh, yeah, journey, like the sequel was kind of, it doesn't stick out in my head. Like I, I really like the part where they're playing like uh, board games with the Grim Reaper and the Grim oh, Reaper's yeah, like, you, yeah, yeah. you, you sunk my battleship and stuff like that. Like, it's great. <laughs> but like, it's, it's doesn't, it's not the same. Like it doesn't have that kind of like, kind of place in my heart or whatever yeah, as right. like the first one. Yeah. And then I was really excited for the new one, which is like, I feel like that's as, like, I don't think, if they, I think if they remade it with completely different people, it'd be like such a mistake. I think it would right. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think to yeah, do a sequel, I understand, but I also don't think, I wasn't like, a, I was like hopeful, but like, skeptical right. yeah. <laughs> and like same thing like i know like when, when when like dumb and dumber like came out with their most recent one i'm like oh really <laughs> oh i know really right cool. i was sitting there thinking like what is there to tell like because some, we some movies we needed to yeah, yeah exactly and some movies around, yeah. it's like they don't need a sequel yeah and like keep them this one made are. sense to some extent because like the whole thing is like if you don't do this, like, this is what the future will be like. So obviously, right. like, here's, like, I guess 20 years in the future, and, like, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do, so the future isn't going the way it's supposed to. So it, mm-hmm. it makes, like, logically, I think it, they, like, made made it make sense. But I just, sure. it was goofy. And then <laughs> <laughs> I watched it, and I was entertained. But I some, some things I just go in with, like, this isn't going to be a cinematic like experience <laughs> like right, masterpiece. Right. I mean, I'm just going in to get entertained. And I know there's, there's a whole bunch of movies where I'm just like, I'm just going in to be entertained. I know it's not yeah. going to like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to go in and just be like, Oh, well, contemplative walk out with some sort of existential life question and yeah i know it's like a lot of like the kind of like made for tv like um (laughs) disaster movies i'm just like i think of like um san andreas with the rock or oh yeah (laughs) it's so ridiculous but i'm just like but they're just blowing shit up which is awesome (laughs) floods i'm like it's just entertaining right so i think i kind of went into that with like face the music i'm like I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> and I don't think I want to, I don't know. It wasn't bad. <laughs> but again, well, I was That's probably a good so. thing there. Cause it's when you kind of lower the expectation, then suddenly you're not disappointed. You're, not you, disappointed. you're, you're not just kind of like, you know what? Yeah. I had a lot more fun than I realized. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it was fun seeing the characters like be revisited and stuff, especially in like the old. And like I said, like, and I think again, Keanu Reeves did a pretty decent job for someone. I don't think is super good at like oh my gosh. getting into those yes. characters. Well, <laughs> he did totally... a pretty decent job of finding, finding Ted again and like finding that kind yeah. of like doofy doofy teenager or it feels like his <laughs> his real life in a way like especially when he was a kid and so like it just seems like he always kind of had that um what would you call it? that dialect of sorts you know because uh, like sort of... even when he was in dracula for example which yeah. was kind of a bit of a miscast <laughs> you know even you sit there and go like yeah, he, he's, he there's a you kind of hear him. He kind of sounds like Dracula, you know that kind of thing. So every time, and even in the Matrix, I was there, it, oh, yeah. like the, when he downloaded yeah, he the, the Kung Fu, he sits there and he's, 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 he's like, I know Kung Fu, you know, it just is yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. What was it like Keanu Dracula? Some people said too when he was. Oh yeah, he's a comedian. He was talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's like, he's like, and they put Keanu Reeves in the movie. He's like, ugh, Keanu Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so funny. I mean, now I can imagine a comic story with Keanu Reeves like character as Dracula. So that would be pretty funny. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola, director of Dracula. I throw that as a pitch for you there. Well, he has his own comic book or comic book. I assume he's just cast him, and apparently the character looks like himself. It looks like him, oh, so I assume yeah. it's just. I, totally yeah, I assume it's just that guy just going whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah berserker or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. I get that confused then with like the anime. Thing the or... the anime manga, yeah. It's but it's it's spelled differently. Like it doesn't have any of the vowels. I think yeah, it has no, the, yeah, oh. it has no vowels. This is like B Z R K R maybe. Yeah, it's that like, like, <laughs> yeah. but it kind of reminds me of like um, I don't know, kind of like a like the old guard where it's like sounds to me like he's like this immortal character or something like he can't die or something i don't never mind i'm way total vanity project is what it is but you know yeah um, yeah yeah and i know people yeah and i think i thought it was like related to a video game as well but maybe uh, i made that up like i know he did some appearance in some video game but maybe oh maybe you're thinking maybe i'm disconnected i think is the game that you're thinking oh, okay of. yeah i might just he, be he was like heavily connecting things the... that don't oh. connect <laughs> but you know i mean it all sort of blurs together because i mean they all sort of came out at the same time and everything yeah but, fair enough <laughs> um, but yeah so i mean you you know and you sort of answered my my last question which was going to be why should somebody see this but you know fun ridiculous entertainment you know why else would you would you not want to see well and then the characters are they're still lovable you know what i mean they're still great great guys they're not terrible you know they may like i guess if you're kind of a bit of an intellect sometimes you're going to roll your eyes at things (laughs) that say but then but it's really out of cuteness you're just like oh you're so cute bless your heart yeah that's what we say in the south so yeah, it's I think, yeah. yeah good character i think it's good good story you know it's yeah i it's do wonder a little bit overthink. yeah i do wonder a little bit because like i know there was a whole bunch of like those kind of movies i missed like recently people are like oh you, like you've never seen goonies i'm like no i've never so i had watched it and like <gasps> i didn't get it i think i think i think part of that's because like i didn't watch it when it came out and i didn't have that like it's not linked uh, to that like childhood yeah. memory nostalgia, uh, right? So I'm, like, don't I'm, have you're that not, I'm, I'm with You're you on not that one. the only one, because uh, there was. I think there's some people who feel like that now too. Like, just uh, there was a reaction person I sometimes follow on. And she saw the Goonies, and she kind of felt the same way. Where she's like, "It's all right, it's fun, but maybe because I didn't grow up in the time period, or I just didn't know." It's it to me. It's just it was an all right movie. Whereas like for anyone who kind of grew up with the movie there's just a little bit more love attached to it yeah yeah that for sure the, and i had that with like a whole bunch of, of yeah and i know like the same like there's a whole bunch i'm like mentioned lost boys like i saw that as an adult and same thing i'm like uh, i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and I here's a here's know. a hot take oh, she's <laughs> crushing my heart as someone who's attached to these <laughs> these are the movies i hate now <laughs> i don't hate them i just don't connect with them like some yeah. people like i know again i watched labyrinth and hades is like it's just, like one of his favorite movies and i'm like ah, i just saw it as an adult i don't nope, you're good get it. I, and that's that's one thing i will connect with too on that i felt the same even when i saw labyrinth the first time i no. I remember seeing little bits of it when I was a kid, but I think the first time yeah, I really I trying to sit bit. through it was in high school, and I just couldn't get through <laughs> it. Like, mm. I, yeah, I, just, I, I don't I was, get it. <laughs> I was bored to tears with it in a way, and 
Yeah. Like it's a cute fantasy film, you know, the puppetry, like I can respect the technical aspects. Yeah. Stuff, but I, yeah, I just didn't feel the love in the same way that so many people felt to sure, it. Yeah. So that yeah. was hard. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm crushing your heart. On this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. that's true. You know, cause I mean, you know, I know one of the, the movies that I talked about on here with Josh was a movie called spawn, which is based off the comic book. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> but because I was like in that right demographic, I mean, I was like, what, 12 years old, I guess, when it came out, like, you know, it just I have that connection to it. So I think you bring up a really good point that, you know, a lot of these kind of movies are, you know, you develop this sort of sentimental attachment to it. Yeah. But when you objectively look at it, you're just kind of like, eh, OK, but, you know, when you have that emotional connection to it, yeah, it just yeah takes it to a whole new level in terms of yeah well that's kind of like without bashing any people's any more people's favorite movies (laughs) like (laughs) that's i think the one risk with like bill and ted's is like yeah it's an older movie it's just like i think it's great but i have also watched it from when i was a kid and like multiple times since and like if you're coming at it from a new person you're just like this is i could i could 100 percent see someone's watching this and this is really stupid (laughs) yeah Yeah. stupid but it's also like great yeah yeah for sure that's probably what a lot of parents back then thought too when they were watching like is that cary grant no that's not cary boy uh all right well, well that'd probably be grandparent age right there, yeah right? that yeah, like grandparents <laughs> uh, all right well um you know we'll wrap this up um so Lori, uh why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and um where they can you know find your books that you've written and, and, ASAP. and worked on and asap yeah. yeah for sure um so i have my own website which is lacunningham.com um, ASAP has, so that's like kind of like my personal stuff and like babies with rabies, but it also links to all the ASAP stuff and some of the other projects I've worked on. And then there's ASAPimagination.com is our main website. And there's the anyoneworld.com. There's also an ASAPminis.com, which has some children's book on it, but they're all kind of linked through the main website. Um, social media, I am on Twitter is my main place, which like, hopefully that stays like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, and that, <laughs> without getting into that, uh, I'll just yeah. say it's, it's, at, it's at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, I can't, I can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> it's like all, that's like all my Twitter is right now, but it's um at L-A-U-R-C-U-N-N. And I'm one of those people who like, is not consistent across platforms at all, unfortunately, because all my names got taken and I wasn't, I should probably find something that's consistent, but I am on Instagram. I guess it's L-A-C-U Insta. (laughs) Then I'm on TikTok at like L.A.Cunningham. But just, I have a link to the website. website. Yeah, Yeah. go to the website. (laughs) Find me on Twitter. Ask me where else (laughs) you can find my stuff. I'll tell you. (laughs) My DMs are open. Just ask ask where to find me. And then ASAP is just ASAP Imagination everywhere except Facebook. Facebook won't let us change it. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's most of it. (laughs) Cool. And then, Chad, where can people find you outside of the podcast universe here? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm kind of off everything at the moment. So, uh, the only place I'm on is Letterboxd. Green Screen Grin is where you can find me at. So you did not prepare me for this. I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. So uh, I guess for me, then you guys can find me on Instagram at Xtofer of Oz. And you can also find me on Twitter at CBC Monkey. And I'm also on Letterboxd, but go through Josh or Chad because I forget the screen name for that. <laughs> yet. You know, you can find me through there. There are links or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then as usual, if you need to want to find out more about this podcast and where we're at, you can go to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Y-N-F movie pod. And that will show you everywhere we are and all of our socials. And that spells Linktree. And it spells Linktree. (laughs) I hope I spelled that right. Uh, If not, just check it out on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. It's all Y-N-F movie pod. And then Lori, lastly, again, thank you so much for being on here and talking with us for this long. I know yeah, it was sorry. a crazy so conversation. I am chatty. <laughs> <laughs> I spend all day with a toddler, with a toddler and a baby. Around people. <laughs> I can't shut me up. <laughs> but we do hope that you will come back and visit us and talk with us again. You're more than welcome to. And um, <laughs> anytime you got new fun. projects or whatever, you yeah. sure. just Give us a holler. We'll there for you. Make sure you all scope out her work. It sounds really, really fun yes. and interesting. And and all and you artists out there, if you're interested, yep. go that and direction yeah, for sure. as well. And if you're a new artist, contact ASAP because we're looking for artists all the time, especially for this charity anthology we're doing. Sure. See, artists? you hear that, folks? Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Now you're a we're signing off. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>